1: Ever had one of those moments? You know, the ones where you're off your game? Those fleeting lapses in judgment? We've all been there. But hold on tight, because here comes the game changer. Packed with an epic blend of chocolate, caramel, peanuts, and nougat, Snickers, the proud partner of the Las Vegas Raiders, is your trusty teammate. Turning those cringeworthy moments into a victory dance. Snickers, tackling life's fumbles one bite at a time.
2: It's Raiders Roundtable, presented by America First Credit Union. I'm JT. Eddie Pascal with me. And Lincoln Kennedy coming up, and I love a victory. It It was a unique game, a unique game on Monday Night Football, Eddie, but a victory that the Raiders desperately needed as we previewed this game and talked about it all week. And I thought the Raiders showed a lot of grit, A lot of moxie, a lot of swagger, especially on defense.
3: Yeah, and I mean, we talked about it. It wasn't pretty, right? I mean, this is not one that we are going to tell our grandchildren about, this beautiful game of football. But at the end of the day, you know, four months from now, five months from now, all anyone's going to remember is that W that we put on the score sheet at the end of the night.
2: Yeah, they needed the W. They had to get it. I don't like to talk must win until the playoffs and elimination or getting in means something, but that was a must win. The Raiders could not have gone one and four and looked ahead With any conceivable look at a big run. And they got a lot of games now that they can win and should win. And they're one game out of under 500. So I'm excited. I'm excited because I think there is a window here that has opened up for the Raiders because of the defense. I want to talk about it especially when Lincoln comes up. The offense has got to wake up and get going, period. But the defense has now changed a bit where I think people are talking about the Raider defense nationally, and historically, if you go back to 2003, it's their third best defense statistically through five games. That's something worth reporting on.
3: Yeah, 100%. And for all of the flack that this defense took Mm. last season, Season, the end of last season through the off season, We say, hey, we need them to make that step. We need to see tangible proof. We need to see proof yeah. of concept that they can do it. Well, through six quarters now, the end of that Chargers game and the entirety of Monday night, We're seeing it, right? Is it perfect? Absolutely not. But to your point, the players on that team, led by Max Crosby, right, there is a swagger. There is a confidence. There is, at least from the outside looking in, JT, it feels like there's an innate knowledge from that 11 that, hey, it might not be pretty, but we're going to get it done when we we have to.
2: Well, how about we put some respect on Patrick Patrick Graham and what he was able to do? We're looking at the highlights if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on other platforms. We're showing Michael Mayer get an early look, and he went downhill on that play. That That's what we need to see more of as he was open. And then Jimmy Jean didn't get in a rhythm much. Green Bay came out. There was an early sack in this game. And Jimmy just doesn't look really confident early in this game as the offensive line is trying to find their foot.
3: I mean, JT, I'd argue the entire offense doesn't really feel comfortable early on. I mean, you look at, we talked about it during the Buffalo game, how many times Josh Jacobs had the ball and got hit behind the line of scrimmage? We saw that again on Monday night, especially in that first 30. Yeah, here's the flop. Oh, here's the, great acting the job. NBA I, flop. I, I watched the uh, the game back yesterday, and so I heard Buck and Aikman talk. They couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. They
2: couldn't stop laughing. It was the suit. What the bigger you are, the bigger the flop. Yeah, you know, in the NBA, you see a lot of centers <laughs> flop, but then look at this play here. Is they're just trying, and Josh McDaniels is trying to get the offense going. Trade Tucker, who, when he seems to touch the ball... He's averaging he's, 25 yards a pop. Yeah, he, yeah, I'd like to see more of this because when he does it, and maybe it's the element of surprise, but I thought there was outstanding blocking on this play. And then we're looking at Jimmy in the shotgun, and again, the, uh, the pocket collapses, and the offensive line has to do a better job. There was a complete miss on this block here up front, and that can't happen. So for Jimmy... We're going to talk with Lincoln about what's the issue. Is it communication with the O-line, the O-line not blocking long enough, or maybe Jimmy just got to make better decisions early in the play?
3: Yeah, I mean, candidly, probably it's a mix of all three things, right? And we talk about some of the, uh, the sacks, some of the challenges the offensive line had on Monday night. Really, it's the inopportune sacks, right? Two on third down, especially in that first half. And, look, you can't effectively move the football if you're in a duress all night.
2: Uh, Jacoby Myers with a nice reception for the first down. What a player he is. Yeah, it's been great. You know, you look at the one-two punch that the Raiders have uh, DeAndre Carter, just the ability to pick up first downs. It seems like Josh McDaniels is really comfortable with the jet sweep. No matter what, we're seeing more of that one than we've seen in the past. Yeah, and just
3: to go back to Jacoby real quick, it feels like Jimmy is certainly comfortable giving Jacoby his opportunity to shine. right? And I think that's a big one. We knew coming into this year what we were going to have in Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. but we needed to have that complimentary piece, and, and we're seeing it on uh, Monday night.
2: Yeah, here. and on the Jacoby touchdown on the slant, yeah. we've seen a number of those. right? We saw it in the Denver game. That's something I think the Raiders need to go back to more because I don't think the Raiders have much of an identity in the red zone. They don't. They're trying They're trying to figure out what their identity is. They find it there. Here's the first Spillane interception. Really happy for Robert Spillane 100%. there because this is a guy who brings his lunch bucket to every practice. The coaches speak highly of him. And this one, he sat down in the zone. It was thrown right to him. And he, he looked into the eyes of Jordan Love and saw the direction he was going in. That is classic linebacker interception, follow the eyes of the quarterback. You
3: know, we've asked the defense all year, JT, go out and make explosive plays. Robert Blaine comes into Monday night, one career interception, and he leaves uh, heads back home
2: on, on Monday night with two more in his pocket. Yeah, it's been about the defense as we're looking at the highlights as Carlson uh, puts the Raiders up 10-3 to after that touchdown there. And this was a... This was a slow-scoring game. You could see the smoke from halftime yes. here. Jimmy comes out here, the interception here. The Raiders are leading 10-3. to And I want to point this out. I like this. Josh McDaniels got in the face of Jimmy Garoppolo, followed him to the bench, and coached him up. Mm-hmm. This is his guy. This is his guy, and his guy made a bad throw here, and Josh McDaniels wanted to make it clear. You can't do this, went all the way to the bench, took out the tablet, sat him down, and said, no, we can't do this. you got to be better.
3: One word, accountability, JT. Yeah. That's what it is. Starts from the top
2: down, even with the starting quarterback. And what hurt on that is it gave Green Bay momentum, and they didn't have any momentum. So Green Bay comes out here. we got about 830 to go as they score the tying touchdown to make it ten ten. And I was with my wife at this time and my son. I like to move around a lot, come up, see you in the press box. And I said, we got a game. I thought this should have been a 17-3 Raider lead. All of a sudden, Green Bay's got the ball. It's 10-10. We're in the third quarter here, and they're taking shots downfield. Here was a broken play where Epps been on a short pass. But I want to give Marcus Peters credit Play the here. game. Play of the game. Play of the game. He had a horse collar tackle to save a touchdown, and it saved the touchdown. Very important.
3: I mean, candidly, it probably saved a secure, yes. a secure to win for the Silver and Black. How often do we say that? That this penalty, game saving penalty?
2: How to do it. This is an example when you hold to protect a quarterback or you horse collar to stop a touchdown. This was a big play because they only end up getting a field goal here, and it's a 13 10 game. If Peters doesn't track him down, uh, the game completely goes in a different direction. Smart play from a veteran player. That's no doubt about is. that. And we'll get into more of what he's doing. So the Raiders at this point are down 13-10, to 10, and Josh Jacobs uh, racks up his biggest gain of the day, running hard, off-right tackle there. Good blocking off the edge there. Fantastic block release from the tight end. And then Josh was able to get extra yards, secured the football, as they tried to pull it out there. That's what Josh needs to do, Eddie. He did that all year last year. And then the slant to Devontae where there were four guys on him at the end of the play, and he made a big play.
3: Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it a lot where Devontae wasn't necessarily getting his looks mm-hmm. early in that game, but in that drive, this really the pivotal drive at the end of the third quarter, three targets, and he just went to work.
2: Yeah, and he just got down to the two-yard line. I don't know how healthy he was in the game. He played, and then Josh Jacobs. That's another example of Josh Jacobs at the two-yard line easily getting a touchdown, something to keep in mind when we talk about game-time decisions to kick a field goal or to go for it. There are times where Josh makes it look easy. Raiders are up 17-3, and this is where they counted on the defense. As you reported earlier today before we started – AFC Defensive Player of the Week, Max Crosby, with another big play. Yeah, I mean, Max Candleley's playing out of his mind, right? Yes. I,
3: I think we knew, we expected a high level from Mad Max in 2023, but I'll be honest, I did not see this version of him coming this year, especially Anywhere, in the other I, going. Yeah, what
2: I've been talking about mostly, and here's the interception, as Marcus Peters tipped the ball and Spillane got it. I didn't think Marcus Peters had a good game. I thought, look, at times he was given too much cushion, but he broke on the ball well here. And got his hand in there, broke it up, and Spillane was at the right place at the right time. Big momentum changer yes. as Green Bay was moving the ball pretty easily there.
3: You know, it's funny, too. Someone tweeted at me maybe two minutes before this play. What is Marcus Peters doing today? What is Marcus Peters doing? Because to your point, you see that cushion. You see kind of that that allowance, that give. And I tweeted right back at him. And it was just good timing when I say, hey, he's just helping this team win, win football games. Yeah, I remember my
2: tweet at the time. It was, thank you, thank you, yeah. thank you. Because <laughs> at that time, I thought he was playing off weight. He yeah. just didn't look right in the game. Mm-hmm. But he made a couple of big plays here. A big decision as the Raiders on fourth and one. This was a big decision in the game. They tried to get Green Bay to jump off sides, and then Carlson kicks a field goal, and it hits off the right upright. Uh, a lot of heat. The coach took it. He explained it. We'll have a portion of that. He explained why he decided to go for it there. But that was another opportunity where I disagree with the decision. I thought it should have been Josh Jacobs or a sneak up the middle.
3: You know, it's funny because I wholeheartedly agreed with with Coach doing that. You have the best kicker in the NFL, and your defense is playing really, really well. Give your kicker a chance to extend that lead.
2: And then the play of the game, Amik Robertson with the interception in the end zone. What an athletic play. Yeah. As we watch this early, as Watson beats him and he bites on the inside – But the make-up play by Amik to find the receiver, jump, and find the football. The biggest problem with the Raiders secondary for years has been they have athletes. They have athletes. Mm -hmm. These are professional corners. They don't find the football in the air to make the play or make the interception. Amik did it here. He got beat. He could have got beat badly. And he didn't give up on the play, and he came back and made a huge play that closed the game out. You know, and
3: Coach brought up a great point yesterday, JT, where he said not only did Amik find the ball, but he he turned his head so he didn't even run the risk of getting that P.I. and giving them the, the Packers yeah. the ball at the one.
2: Well, he bit on it on the early route, yeah. and – You can't do that at that point in the game. They can only win if they go over the top, but he had the make-up speed. Raiders here with the stats, three turnovers, which was critical. Uh, Time of possession I thought is important, 32 minutes, 34 seconds, two or three in the red zone, 183 passing yards. they got to get that going again. They didn't get over 100 yards rushing. But I thought they ran with authority Eddie when they had to.
3: Yeah, and I think that we're finally starting to see the version of Josh Jacobs that, that we've yes. expected to see. Uh you know, I think that we I don't know if he's at full strength just yet, but he's getting getting warmed up week after week after week. And and one thing that we haven't talked about enough about Josh, getting involved in the passing game
2: as well. Yeah, this team now has an identity. On defense, I thought they'd have an identity on offense. I thought the defense was going to be a work in progress all year. It still is. You know, guys are getting banged up. Other guys are coming in. No Ja'Cory and Bennett in that game. No Nate Hobbs. Well, no Nate Hobbs in the game. Absolutely. I thought they switched up the snap count opposite Max Crosby, which is good. They're at least changing and experimenting there. But what happened was the Raiders had to win a game. And Patrick Graham's defense showed up and came through, and no one's going to remember the score of this game three weeks from now. No one's going to care about it. But if the Raiders have an opportunity to win three of the next four, four out of the next five, five out of the next seven, we'll go back to this Green Bay game, Eddie, and say this is where it started. The defense gave them a shot to get in the hunt, and hopefully the Raiders take advantage of it.
3: I mean, if we were talking to fans in July, JT, and we said, hey, your defense is going to keep you in every single football game, the entire Raider Nation would be like, yeah, sign me up. Yep. We'll do it. You want to do that for 18 weeks? 100 percent, let's do it. And so to your point, yes, we are starting to see collective effort on the defensive side of the football. We'd love to see Nate Hobbs back, love mm-hmm. to see Jacorian Bennett back. But the name of the game, unfortunately, is the next man up in the NFL. So when we look back a month from now, I'm very hopeful, like you are, that we'll circle that game on Monday night and say, this is
2: where Patrick Graham's defense figured it out. Eddie said before we came on, and it was a really good point, when was the last time the Raiders had two players competing yeah. for defensive player of the week? Robert Spillane could have got that award. Should have, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Max got it. We love Max, but Spillane had his best game as a pro, and that's something that we're going to build on. We'll have Lincoln Kennedy. He's going to join us next. We're going to talk about the offensive line. There's, there's some issues up front. Jimmy is not having a good start to this year. How does Lincoln believe that the Raiders can correct this and get the offense up to speed? Because the offense is the strength of this team. Or is it the defense from what we've seen the last couple of weeks? We'll have Lincoln Kennedy join us next as we continue on Raiders Roundtable.
4: Raiders beat the Packers for the first time. This is our one big number, uh, by the way, and it's wow. a big one. For the first time in 36 years. 36 years. Wow. Now, granted, they don't play very often, uh, but the Green Bay Packers were 8-0 and oh uh, on that run.
1: Amber, you're looking at me like I had something to do with now that. Now, okay. J- J- James was involved in one of those. <laughs> I, so I do know it. By
4: uh, the way, 1987, right, yeah. the last time that the Raiders yeah. won a game, that was 10 years before Max Crosby was born in 1997, oh, <laughs> for all you people that feel old out there like oh, me right now, you know 1997 is when, wow. speaking of Max Crosby, we have to give him his own little highlight reel yes. because the man is a human wrecking ball and oh, consistently every single game he gets to the quarterback.
5: Man, I'm telling you and and he's so fun to watch like if any little kids any high school kids any college kids watch Max Crosby play the game of football. I don't care if he's not making the play. He is fun to watch. The effort does not stop ever until the whistle is blown and sometimes it don't stop when the whistle is blown. Mad Max is going 110 miles per hour every single time I could watch him play. All day, every day. That's big time, man, Max. And I like that Coach Graham is lining him up left.
1: Right, uh-huh. over center, all down. over the place. Yes. So you know teams are hey, wow. where's this dude at? Where's 98 at? Yeah, yeah. And now he's lining up at left end. He's lined up over the center. That really helps this football team defensively when you don't know where the best, one of the best players in National Football League, is lining up and which tackle he's going to take and just dominate.
4: What's amazing though is that he gets double teamed and he gets <laughs> through them. and he still gets four tackles for loss, yeah. a sack. It really, it's like we've all coached young kids yeah. in different sports. You teach them to play like your hair's on fire every single play, but that kind of heart you're just born with. And it's great for a young player like Tyree Wilson to have him in the same room and hopefully he'll coach him up and get him to the same level one day, because imagine that. Oh man. Two edge rushers. And, he, and he, like needs, Max. He,
5: he needs to be in the conversation early in this season for defensive player of the year. He sure does. He's just a game wrecker. Yeah. You know, and I know a lot of people want to go straight to the sacks, but he he's a game wrecker. He does so much for his team and his defense.
2: Those are our teammates on Raiders Game Day. Welcome back, JT, Eddie Pascal, and now the great Lincoln Kennedy comes in and joins us. And, Link, I'll start with you. You've played with a lot of great defensive teammates from the tackles to the ends. Make a comparison for me when you're watching him at practice or up in the booth during a game on what you see with his motor and especially his tackles for losses. That's what I think distinguishes him from everyone else.
5: Well, you know, you're right, JT, Eddie. The thing is, is that some of the great players that stand out to me are guys like Pat Swilling. Chester McLaughlin, those are guys that came up that were big disruptors. But one thing I will say that that Max Crosby definitely reminds me of watching him is, is playing against Kevin Green, because a great late great Kevin Green had a motor that wouldn't quit. I remember there was one time I was able to get him on the ground. He was actually crawling towards a quarterback because that's how <laughs> determined he was to get it. And and so you have those instances like when you watch Max Crosby play, but that's what you see. And Look, the Raiders' defense has been playing pretty well for what it's a. Offensive obviously needs to pick up the slack. But Max Crosby needs some help because the you see has, as disruptive as he is, guys, and teams are going to double and triple team, that leaves the opportunity for someone else to be one-on-one or to be free to be able to make a play. That's why you need help.
3: You know, Link, we heard from EA coming back about, you know, the ability that Patrick Graham has now to move Max all around the d- the defensive front. From an offensive lineman's perpe- excuse me, perspective, what kind of challenge does that present to the big guys on the other side of the line?
5: Well, we used to call that formation or that sort of idea, Eddie, back in the day, we used to call it Joker. And Joker was that guy that could be anywhere on the field, but you had to find out where number, in this case, where number 98 is. We use that against great guys like junior sale and other disruptive guys that played uh, through the game, had to find where their number was. You addressed your protection and you made sure that you accounted for that person everywhere, no matter where he was. So I think it's good that they're able to utilize like that. I think I'm glad that Max Crosby is comfortable with it. When I first saw him going over what is the offensive left end of his right side, Um, in training camp, I thought he was a little uncomfortable, but he kind of worked into that little sort of module right now that that he has, and he has the uh, the attitude and the enthusiasm to do it from anywhere on the field, as you mentioned.
2: Yeah, Lincoln, we're trying to figure out about Tyree Wilson and Malcolm Koontz, their snap count. We're trying to dive into the numbers that you're able to pick apart during the game and look at it there. I know you're always looking on the other side to see what's going to happen because as you know, the team, the offensive coordinator is going to try to go against Max Crosby the other way. So what's happening with the rest of this defensive line? Because the linebacker Spillane could have won this AFC Defensive Mm -hmm. Player of the Week award. We saw a couple of good plays in the secondary. Do you feel like the rest of the defense is gaining a swagger and improving because of the play and the practice habits of Max Crosby?
5: Well, I'm 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 certainly hoping so. I mean, you look at everyone's gotta carry their weight. I, I think that I've been critical or on, on the broadcast of guys like Marcus Peters, you know, who had a couple of interception opportunities, didn't come up with them. It is what it is, but coming short. But to answer your question like for Tyree Wilson and and Malcolm Koons, look for Tyree Wilson just needs to play against NFL caliber talent. He needs to get reps. He needs to be out there on the football field. Malcolm Kuntz is coming into his own, and and he's starting to develop, and he's starting to have that sort of wherewithal on the football field. So I think there's still bright spots uh, for the Raiders to come. Obviously, it's nowhere near what um, Max Crosby is doing right now. If if it was, we wouldn't be talking about it. But as far as bringing players along, I think the defense is right on par to 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 stay the course and to be talented now. Now let's keep this in perspective, guys. We're not talking about becoming the 85 Bears, um, but but we are talking about them to be consistent enough to keep people under under low double double digits. What they've done so far, for the most part, throughout the season. If they can do that in the offense, pick up the slack, is going to be a successful team.
3: Yeah, I mean, like you said, like it helps everything when you have a guy like Max Crosby. We're just showing some of Max's numbers. And as incredible as it is, Max currently on pace for a career year. He was incredible last year, You know, really going back to, to that first year in Oakland, a dynamic, explosive playmaker. But, Link, from your perspective, are we seeing anything different from Max in 2023? Or are we just seeing kind of a maturation of growth of what he's been doing for the past couple seasons?
5: Well, it's, it's, it's a, a, a sort of an a, a evolution of growth, if you will, Eddie, That's that he's coming into more so what he can do well. If you think about it, a couple of years ago, when we first opened up Allegiant, how Max was a little thrown off because teams were double teaming. He wasn't prepared for that. Now, he worked through it last season, still had an unbelievable year. But now what you're seeing this year is a culmination of just getting better. Understanding the pro game, understanding your body, understand what you can do on on on, any, on this level, and more importantly, how you can be a disruptor. So whether he's angling underneath, he plays with a relentless motor that won't stop, even when he's being blocked by a double team, and he is just there to be that that be a getter and that leader by by just um, his actions and everything else.
2: Yeah, I agree. I saw him at one of Von Miller's camps out here in Vegas early in his career, and he was the first one in the huddle. It was really cool to see. He was the guy that was talking to Vaughn and the other great defensive players who were out here for a camp, and he's a guy who just learns. When I get a chance to bump into him in the lunchroom or I catch him pregame, he's so locked in emotionally. That's what's so important for me to bring up. I never see a weakness with him on game day. In any sport, I say this about baseball, basketball, the NBA, sometimes it takes a NBA player a quarter to find a shot. Right? Or someone needs to block a shot to get them going in an NBA game. Not with Max. He is ready on the first play of the game to the last play of the game, and I think that Patrick Graham is using some of that to try to inspire the rest of this team. Lincoln, because they found something here, and I don't know what they found. Jordan Love is an uh, elite quarterback, but in the fourth quarter, they were bending, and they didn't break, and let's jump into that on what you saw with the rest of this defense. We'll start with Robert Spillane, who had a big game, and what was behind him at the safety position, because they were playing deep. They didn't let a lot get behind them and they were getting to the ball tackling and finishing
5: what you're seeing is a a sense where patrick graham is dealing with certain players and knowing what their strengths and weaknesses are and what we've seen out of the defense so far and it's been good especially in this fourth quarter here is we've seen the defense sort of rise up sort of saying we're not going to be walked all over now they don't have a lot of sacks they don't have a lot of turnovers But they do play hard. And for what it's worth, I think they're getting progressively better. And as you watch this defense, you'll find those little catalysts like the the Max Crosby's. You'll find the other guys like the Robert Spillane that comes up and has, you know, two interceptions, uh, which are huge in the game. And, of course, Amik Robertson finishing the game with his interception in the end zone, which really sealed it. So the defense is trying to pick up the pieces. It, It just needs a little bit more help from the offense.
3: You know, like we talked last week about, hey, can the, can this defense kind of fuel, run off the momentum of finishing that game in Los Angeles well, finishing that second half well. Well, they've now done it for a full four quarters, right? So what? how valuable is it now? For We talked about last week Coach Graham saying, hey, guys, you can do it in bits and spurts, but now coming in on Monday or I guess Tuesday in this case, looking at the film and saying, guys, this is what it can be for a full 60 minutes.
5: The formula is there, but you have to implement it and you have to make sure that it, it works. The thing is, is that Every coach I've ever played for said that if you win in November, December, you'll play in January. So you're trying to position yourself for that. You've got September, October to sort of figure out where you are. And October is is sort of the month where you want to fine-tune it to where you're rolling with a ton of momentum in November, December. Because when you look at the Raiders' schedule, it's not going to get any easier from that. Then it's going to be definitely more trying. And more importantly, you got to see how they're going to come out if they have any playoff hopes.
2: Yeah, well, this is huge now as we evolve now. We'll get into the offense. We'll get to the Patriots while we have you here, Lincoln, because the defense has got to continue to play at this level. As we roll to the offense here, I got a problem. I got a problem, and I'm asking you because you know this something's not clicking. I don't know if it's the quarterback, if it's the offensive line. If it's the play calling, if it's just not being comfortable with everything in the system now, because we're going into week six. This isn't coming out of the preseason week two or three, all right, and then they pop. Why haven't the Raiders exploded on the offensive side of the football? Because I still believe it's the strength of the team.
5: All those intangibles that you mentioned, that's exactly what's going on with the Raiders. It's the offensive line. It's the quarterback play. It's the play calling. It's the execution. It's all of it. And, and when you look at the Raiders, their troubles, it's because they don't have that balance. It's almost like they're trying to press too hard to implement the run game and not necessarily utilize the full passing effect that you have. But the with, When you look at these receivers, guys, you got to say that there's something missing. If you can show flashes where you can utilize the tight end, if you can show flashes where you can utilize a receiver out of the slot formation, if you can show flashes where you might be able to get a little bit of the run game going, but it's been inconsistent. And it's also, it, it's a combination of everything. It's a culmination of the offensive line ineffectively, uh, it being ineffective. It's a combination of the play calling. And more importantly, it's a combination of the execution when it comes down to it. Because let's face it, we've seen, I mean, out of the five games that we've seen so far, we've seen every team try to take Josh Jacobs out with an extra man in the box and and, and to corral that running game. And they've done a pretty good job of it. That's why Josh has struggled to get the run game off the field on on the go. And that's why the Raiders have struggled to have a balanced attack.
3: You know, Link, we're looking at the graphic right here about the big three. And in this case, uh, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, and Jacoby Myers with the silver and black and their highest percentage of of usage, essentially, uh, as it regards to the NFL. But when we look at that three, Link, do you need to see anything more from that group? Are you happy? Are you—I don't want to say content, but are you feeling okay about what the Raiders' air quotes big three is bringing to this offense as a whole?
5: I, I think it's good to have sustainable playmakers that that contribute, but I also think it's essential for you to bring someone else along. One of the stats that stood out to me in this past game on Monday night was the fact that Garoppolo did spread the ball around. To, to Multiple receivers. I think you have to go do that every game, Eddie and JT, because I think you have to put defenses on their heels. If you just let them focus on number seventeen or number sixteen or number eight, you're doing yourself a disservice. Because what happens if those guys, part of your game plan, doesn't take off? Are you are do you have the wherewithal to make the adjustments to get them, you know, to other guys looks or to have other guys be factors in the game?
2: Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing like Jimmy Garoppolo. He wins games, and he just won this game, which is what he does but I'm just not seeing the plays develop deep downfield or him at least taking shots and throwing a deep ball just to keep the safeties honest. What do you see at the point of attack? Does he just not have the time? Is he moving and not looking at enough targets? What is the confusion with Jimmy so far this year because he's efficient at times to win the game, but I think he's very one-dimensional this year because he's throwing just underneath and intermediate routes, Lincoln.
5: Well, without the the use of play action, you haven't really seen him go long or try to go long. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is. But and I don't know what the case is there. But I will say this: I, I've watched many um, quarterbacks get in 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 start to get worried about the rush. With as many sacks as Jimmy has taken this year, as many times the quarterback has been sacked, the Raiders quarterback has been sacked. It is something that I think he had a case, especially in this last game, a, a case of a little bit of a case of the happy feet. Um, he's going to try to get out of a jam. He's going to try to uh, obviously not take shots. You don't want to take shots, but coming off concussion protocol, I just have to feel the guy's got to be in the back of his mind. I don't want to have this happen again. I don't want to miss any more time.
3: Yeah, Link, I mean, obviously the Raiders thankfully come away with a win on Monday night. But you know, one of the best parts about Las Vegas, JT, is that when you come to a Raiders game, yes, you come to see the Silver and Black do their thing on the field. But everything surrounding the game, the entire event of a Raiders game is fantastic. And I just got to give some love to our in-game entertainment real quick. Phenomenal. I mean, we talk about Mickey Guyton, who was performing at the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, really from her, the, the Knights are there to light the torch. So many exciting activations, so many exciting people that want to be seen in this beautiful I can't get
2: my wife to leave her seat at halftime. Yeah, that's She's great. There, and I'm a big Golden Knights guy. And Lincoln, you get a great view of that. You actually have a really good view of Marshawn Lynch dancing. Yes. It is too short. What do you do there, Lincoln, during halftime? Because some of the best performers in the world are right to your left performing right in front of the torch.
5: JT, Eddie, I got to get up and use the bathroom. Try to something to eat. We've got a very short time in the NFL halftime. But, you know, one thing I've, I've said and to many people, because everyone's been talking about the home field effect for the Raiders. Right now, Allegiant has become the ninth wonder in the world, if you will. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody wants to see it because everybody likes new stuff. And think about this for, for the city of Las Vegas. What better way of marketing to say, you know, come to Vegas, hang out, and at the end of the weekend, go see a football game, whether it's your favorite team or not. It, it, the fact is that it's it, the option is there, and they've made the best of it. We, we saw all kinds of jerseys out of Allegiant this past Monday night. We saw Cowboy jerseys, 49er jerseys. I mean, everything across the board. That's what it's become for Allegiant Stadium.
2: All right, let's preview the Patriots. They are a wounded animal. This game fascinates me because they're playing so poorly but they're so well-coached. Bill Belichick's arguably the greatest or top greatest coach of all time, so they'll be prepared. Uh, Coach McDaniels is going to tell me about special teams. I know how important that is. But, Lincoln, something's wrong with this Patriots team. They got injuries. They got a quarterback issue. They have problems on defense. Everything that could go wrong has gone wrong for the Patriots, especially the last two games back-to-back where they were embarrassed. What do you expect to see from this team as they come to Allegiant Stadium on Sunday?
5: Well, I'm probably and looking forward to seeing a, a dog that's backed in the corner yeah. and come out fighting. You know they're going to give you the best that you can. Here's the thing, guys. The Raiders can't take anybody for granted. They haven't played good enough football so far this season to take anyone to try to look over someone, oh, well, we should be able to handle They're not there yet. But this would be a, a, a great uh, symbol in the right direction if they are able to take this game on and score over 20 points. If they're able to open things up, With On on the offensive side of the ball, we've seen what the defense is capable of. We've seen what special teams are capable of. But if they can open it up on the offense, that would be good going forward.
3: You know, one thing that I, I thought was really refreshing to, to both of you guys was we heard from Coach yesterday, and he said, look, yes, I obviously have experience with New England. Yes, I have history with that, so I'm not going anywhere. He goes, "But that, that storyline's kind of dead, yeah, so, you know? Like, we yeah. played it out last year, and I think for very good reason, but now it's just all about the football, right? We're seeing Bill Belichick here, like, to your point, JT, the greatest of all time, if not the greatest. Uh, and, and I think now, to your point, Link, we are going to get the Patriots' best shot, and the Raiders, at home, in that 1 o'clock window, have to bring their absolute best game to that field on sunday afternoon because you know yes they're coming off a w as well but if you really want to make that run that we've talked about jt it's got to start again on sunday
5: you have to build confidence with wins guys you can do more coaching better coaching and and get through the guys if you have the wins but the raiders need to put together that need to get together that string of wins as we push into the latter part of the season in the schedule because you see it it's not going to get any easier you talk yeah. about playing Miami and then Kansas City. You have to play Kansas City twice. You don't have an answer for them. You still have to play the Chargers and the Broncos again. I mean, you've got some teams that are going to be coming in awfully hungry, and it's up to the Rays to find their rhythm and, and find their momentum so they can take it.
2: Yeah, Lincoln, as we wrap this up, here's what concerns me. Bill O'Brien said that Mac Jones will start, and he's in charge of the offense and I think this is his last chance. I really do. And I think that's a huge storyline. I've been on the radio in New England this week. I got New England guests on with me. That's the big topic. Mac Jones thought he had you know, the mantle to take over from Brady, and he would have it for a long time. He's a good player. And he played good early in his career with Josh McDaniels. He's about to lose that job. And he could lose it long term because the way their record is – They could be a team that's going to be in this unbelievable quarterback hunt in the offseason, and they can get off of Mac Jones and go in a different direction. I think Mac Jones is going to play for his job and his future. I think he's got a lot of pride from what he did in college at Alabama. I think he's coming in here with his last ride. Raiders better be ready. I think he's going to take more chances. He's going to run for first downs. And, Lincoln, you know this. You played at the highest level in this league. When you play a team that's desperate, they play desperately. They do things that they normally don't do. How do you expect our coaching staff here in Henderson to prepare for this particular team? Because if the Raiders win, they could be off to the races, 500 to 3-3 with winn- winnable games in front of us.
5: Well, you know, the thing is, JT, is that if you're the Raiders right now, you can't, as I said a moment ago, you can't take anything for granted. But as far as the preparation goes, you want to prepare for the obvious the trick, trick plays and that you know, might spark some momentum. But for the most part, the Raiders have to get better at what they do. They have things that they need to work on. They need to figure out how to block that extra safety or defensive back that's uh, coming down in the box in the running game. They need to figure out with those crossing routes how their linebackers are going to be able to pass them off a little bit better or if they're if, you know, being being able to tackle better on the perimeter. There are a lot of things the Raiders need to do before they start working, worrying about someone else, but they have to get more efficient going forward. This is a team that's very beatable in the Patriots, for, in my opinion. The Raiders can beat them. But, again, they can't overlook or take anything for granted because they just haven't been playing consistently well enough to do anything like that.
2: All right, Lincoln, thanks for joining us with Lincoln Kennedy Incorporated on the yes. road uh, doing business <laughs> with Lincoln Kennedy, Inc., which is important. Uh, always good to talk right, to you, soon. my friend. We'll see you this weekend.
5: Pleasure's mine. Talk to you soon, guys. With the
2: great Lincoln Kennedy, who's our fantastic. Guy. Really our guy and a guy who is critical when he has yeah. to be. And the guy, the guy shoots straight. He'll tell you what's going on with the offense here in Lincoln played on some really good offenses with Rich Gannon. He played on some tougher ones that struggled. He knows how to pick up an offense here, and this offense – needs a kickstart, Eddie. They need a kickstart, and it's tough not to look at the Patriots and their stats defensively and say the Raiders can't break out and have a 30, 34, 38 performance game against this opponent.
3: Yeah, and we talk about Link shooting straight. Where I think he hit the nail on the head. He goes, the Raiders really haven't played well enough or earned the right to look past anyone. Yeah, I know the Patriots have scored three points in the last two weeks, but that's not indicative of what they can be at their best, right? So, you know, the Raiders have to take this seriously. I know Coach McDaniels and his staff are going to have these guys ready to go on Sunday afternoon afternoon but hey we talk about having some winnable games on the horizon well you can't win a multiple unless you win this one on sunday
2: well we're due to have a big game yes we're due to have a good performance on the offensive side i hope it's this sunday against new england when we come back we'll look around the afc west to see what the opponents in the division are doing when we return on raiders roundtable We're back on Raiders Roundtable, presented by America First Credit Union. Eddie Pascal with me and Lincoln Kennedy. We thank him for coming on as we take a look around the AFC West to see what the division opponents have been doing. And we'll start with Denver and the Jets. And, man, that game had a little bit of everything. That was a desperation game. For both franchises, Sean Payton got into it with Russell Wilson when he was sacked and strip sacked with a fumble there. And it is not going good in Denver, where the Broncos are one and four, and Russell Wilson just can't get in the rhythm here. And the Jets, the Jets defense, Eddie, we have to play the Jets coming up. And the Jets are going to come here with a Really good defense, so Denver had their hands full.
3: Yeah, I think that's one thing that the NFL at large has kind of forgotten about, JT, in the wake of the Aaron Rodgers injury situation. Regardless of who's under center, that Jets defense ain't going anywhere. That is a really quality defense, uh, and the Broncos saw that firsthand on Sunday. Yeah, Russell Wilson took a safety,
2: normally something he doesn't do. Just looks out of sync there, doesn't it? It just doesn't feel like it's fitting. And his body language is the worst in the league. I never thought I'd say that about Russell Wilson because he's a rah-rah guy, Mm -hmm. and he's a guy that's supposed to be up and down the bench leading anybody, but he's gone. Mentally, he's gone. This fit in Denver has been a disaster a disaster, and I didn't see that coming. I've always been a fan of Russell Wilson. I think he's a borderline gold jacket guy already. He should have two Super Bowls other than the interception at the goal line against the Patriots, but the Jets end up winning this game, and, man, the fascination this country has with the Jets. Because of Aaron Rodgers going down, and the Jets all of a sudden have two wins at Denver, the way the Raiders mm-hmm. won at Denver, and at home to Buffalo and Josh Allen, and that was a good team as the Raiders know.
3: Yeah, I mean they are an interesting case they study are. this year. And we hear and look, you know, I'm never going to pretend to be a doctor, but we hear all this Aaron Rodgers. Oh, and if the if things go a certain way, I, you could see me in the playoffs. The Look, I don't know if he's actually going to do that, but to your point, an immensely fascinating team.
2: I was hoping that the Vikings would not only beat the Chiefs but beat them up because. Yeah. The Vikings are a good team. They are the best team in this league with the record that they have. I
3: agree 100%. And they're
2: at a point now with Jefferson injured and they want to potentially – they'd love to get out of that contract with Cousins. They'd love to because it's his walk year, and he's not coming back. There's no way the Vikings are going to have him back. And we face the Vikings at the end of the year. And if the Vikings don't have anything to play for other than a draft pick, but Kansas City just finds a way to win. Kelsey got hurt early in the game, and he came back late in the game, similar to what Devontae did in Los Angeles against the Chargers, because he's a winner. And Kansas City, which is now a four-and-one team, that's what I expected. I expect this team to win 13 games at a minimum, and this is a tough road test. When the schedule came out and they were able to win.
3: I mean, you said it perfectly. They just find a way to win, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, we're not at even the halfway point yet, but it feels like the version of the Chiefs we've seen this year, they haven't hit that stride mm-hmm. quite yet. And look, Andy Reid's going to have those guys rocking and rolling come no, uh, November, December, but they f- keep finding a way to win, and it certainly helps when you've got a guy like Patrick Mahomes. But they, it feels like we talk about it not quite fitting yet in Denver. It feels like it just hasn't quite kind of snugly fit yet for the Chiefs. Yeah. They're
2: still winning football games. We just saw Kelsey, if you're watching on YouTube, his tackle – his touchdown, excuse me, the last one of the game that was tremendous because he didn't have to come back in a game of this magnitude, and he was able to do that. So the Chiefs improved to 4-1 and one as we take a look at the AFC West standings. I think what's very intriguing to me is the Chargers are 2-2 two and two when they get Dallas. I picked Dallas to win the Super Bowl. I was all in on Dallas. They got destroyed by the 49ers. They're going to come back. This is the classic bounce-back game. The Chargers are coming off a bye and as we know, losing to the Chargers recently, everybody was out in that game. Derwin James was out. You know, Mike Allen's been out, excuse me, Mike Williams is out for the whole year. But some of the players are coming back and they're gonna get healthier and healthier. I think one of the biggest games of the year is Monday night, Dallas at the Chargers, because if the Chargers win. It's their biggest win on their schedule to date. And if Dallas bounces back, that could start to derail the Chargers, put the Chargers at two and three. And if the Raiders win, Raiders jump them at three and three.
3: And look, if there's one thing we know about the Chargers, it's gonna get weird, it's gonna get funky, and it's <laughs> gonna come down to that last it two is. minutes, right? It that is one thing that we know. But yeah, you talk about you know games that the Raiders aren't involved in, but but should be watching very intently Monday night.
2: Every Raider fan should watch that Charger game and hope that Dallas comes through. I expect Dallas to bounce back, but after they got beat up up by the 49ers we don't know let's take a look finally at our next four games that come up and here's the run we talked yeah, about we when is. the schedule came out this was it uh, new england one and four the bears one and four bears put up 40 in their last game and they could score so that bears game is going to be no walk in the park detroit at detroit that's monday night football on the road detroit's looking really good now let's see how they look in two three weeks and then the giants at home and the giants are in disarray as much as any team in football, as we speak with Daniel Jones, he's banged up a bit. So I think the Raiders clearly have the opportunity to win three out of the next four. Best case scenario would be sweeping these games. But I'll tell you this, they can't split these games. They can't go one and three. They can't go two and two. This is it. This is the look ahead. The most important one we've done all year. They have got to carve up the next month of this schedule and play better along the way, Eddie.
3: And my biggest question about the next four, JT, is which version of the Bears are we going to see? And I know know the record is not pretty, but to your point, they've put up points. They've they've done it. So which version of the Jets – or excuse me, not the Jets. Which version of the Bears are we going to see?
2: It's one game at a time here, but I love where the Raiders' schedule Mm -hmm. is. On radio and on podcast, we're different than the coaches, right? The coaches take it one game at a time. We don't have to. to I I need content. And my content (laughs) tells me for the next month on Raider Nation Radio and here on Raiders Roundtable, I'm very optimistic about one thing. I'm optimistic that the offense and Jimmy G is going to wake up. I am shocked that Jimmy G is not playing better. I believe he will. I'm confident that he will, but I have to see it. And it better start against New England because then he goes on the road to Chicago where he's from. That's his neighborhood. His whole family's going to be at that game. And then the opportunity to play the following Sunday, have a little bit more time for Detroit – and set up well for that game in a comfortable not – it'll be a hostile environment, but it's indoors in a dome where I think the Raiders are a really a good dome team compared to outside. I'm excited. I I, I can't wait to see this next month, Eddie. I think the Raiders are rolling.
3: Yeah, I mean, we talked about it earlier. Like You and I are are firmly in the camp of not worried about Jimmy, not worried about this offense, but all the same acknowledging, like, it's time to go. Like it is time to get wake rocking this it is wake up time one hundred percent, and as I said, like if you would have told a Raiders fan in early early August, late June, whatever it was that hey, this defense is going to play well enough to keep you in games. the offense just has to kind of pick it up. they would have taken that a hundred times out of hundred the
2: majority of Raider Nation had the Raiders three and three, and optimistically four and two after that amount of games. The Raiders have an opportunity to get back to five hundred which is not a celebration around here. Al Davis wanted to win every game. Josh McDaniels wants to win every game. But there's a chance now to get the season going. And I think Max Crosby and I think Marcus Peters and the veterans on this team see a window of opportunity. Thanks to Eddie Pascal and the great Lincoln Kennedy. We'll be back next week after the Patriot game to preview the Bears. Thanks for listening and watching Raiders Roundtable.
1: Ever had one of those moments? You know, the ones where you're off your game? Those fleeting lapses in judgment? We've all been there. But hold on tight, because here comes the game changer. Packed with an epic blend of chocolate, caramel, peanuts, and nougat, Snickers, the proud partner of the Las Vegas Raiders, is your trusty teammate. Turning those cringeworthy moments into a victory dance. Snickers, tackling life's fumbles one bite at a time.